there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Thanks to JLD Hot Sauce and Knives, Saints Happy Hour listeners now get to listen to the complete version of our weekly Twitter spaces the entire football season. If you want award-winning hot sauces like Boot Jolica or Reaper Madness Special Reserve, go to www.jldsharpsauce.com. They have incredible jellies such as palm and pepper. They also have an incredible selection of handmade knives for cooking, hunting, and your outdoor needs. Go check out the Zombie Killer Quartering Cleaver and tell me it's not the best damn quartering cleaver you ever saw in your entire life. Jerry Embler is a tremendous supporter of Saints Happy Hour, so we're asking you to support the people who support Saints Happy Hour. Go to www.jldsharpsauce.com to get the best hot sauces and knives at the best prices anywhere. Use promo code Saints Happy Hour and get 10% off. That's www.jldsharpsauce.com. Podcast ads are the worst, right? Everyone hates them. You can get Saints Happy Hour ad-free by becoming a patron. That's right. Patrons get access to every show ad-free. No ads ever. You also get Breaking Saints News Podcast, Saints Player Grades, early access to shows, and behind-the-scenes access. Plus, you get access to our Discord channel where you can talk Saints 24-7 in private with other Saints Happy Hour listeners. And you get our world-famous booze bundle with four swag items. Amazing. So sign up and never have to suffer through another ad again. Go to SaintsHappyHour.com. That's SaintsHappyHour.com and sign up today. G'day, it's Stevie from 12 Ninja here. And look, if you like American football, you should check out Saints Happy Hour podcast. I personally know all about American football, other than it's a bunch of massive blokes wearing spandex, shoulder pads and helmets, running around with a throwing a football. In Australia, you don't throw footballs. You punch it or you kick it. And there's um, no protection. They're all naked. And there's sharks and crocodiles fired out of cannons onto the field and we all stand around and drink blood watching it but American football's your thing you know what to do Saints Happy Hour podcast stick it in your ear hole alright everybody welcome to another edition of Saints Happy Hour podcast it's that time of week again where we are on Twitter doing the spaces every week Twitter Spaces is brought to you free, uh, courtesy of JLD Hot Sauces and Knives. For all your hot sauce needs, they're presenting the Twitter Spaces. Go to JLDSharpSauce.com. Use the code SAINTSHAPPYHOUR and get 10% off. Andrew, massive news today with the Saints. First of all, the Saints announced that, yeah, Dennis Allen's like, yeah, James is healthy, but... We're still going to go with Andy Dalton. But then Nick Underhill drops the, oh, some background on what Jameis Winston has been dealing with. He suffered a ruptured perennial tendon in his foot against Tampa Bay, according to multiple sources. He went back in the game. Andrew, I am not a doctor. Hopefully, Dr. Thomas will join us tonight. I put out the bat signal for him. Dude, the Saints doctors, at some point, Andrew, they're bad at doctoring. You're letting a dude go back in the game with a ruptured perennial tendon? What is going on? Do the Saints doctors, they just tell you to rub dirt on it and get back in? What is going on? Well, I mean, they stopped him from playing for multiple weeks. So, you know, again, like I I just look at when Jameis Winston got benched, I I just felt like the Saints were telling us he was too hurt to play all along. And they just tried to – they try to make it work. Um, I don't know, man. Like, I, I feel like everybody is injured this time of year. Yeah. A lot of guys are playing through things. And so it's always like, can can, can you play like, I don't know, like a fractured disc in his back and a torn tendon in his foot. Like, 
on the surface, you look at those injuries and you think, my God, that sounds awful. But like, I, I don't know how critical it is to be a hundred percent in those areas. You know what I mean? Like I, I've seen Drew Brees play a bunch of fractured ribs, yeah. you know, well, he looked, he looked, so like, I, he, I, it's all about like, all these guys are hurt, man. It's, yeah, it's just, but can like, they be effective with it or not? How could they let him play against Carolina with a broken back and a f- ruptured tendon in his foot? I don't know. It, like the players telling you he can go. Yeah, and so then it's just like, yeah, I guess. Right, but man, well, can, can you be effective with these injuries? I mean, dude, it's it's. I he looks know, so like, bad. He looks so bad against when the Tampa. player tells you he wants to play. It really comes down to your, you asking your doctors, can yeah. you play with this? And the doctors are telling him, at least with the back, he really can't make it any worse. Yeah. Like the, the fracture is what it is. He's going to deal with some pain, but he can play. It's up to him. And the player's telling you he can go. So, I mean, we can blame the doctors, but like this isn't like a unique thing. This isn't like something that got unearthed that's just like, Every team does this. Yeah, I know. Every player on every roster. That's true. The Saints, though, they have a they have a they have a history of bad doctoring. I'll just say, but more important than that, really. And and listen, I, I want to say this. Uh, um, I feel bad for Jameis because, listen. We all wanted Jameis to succeed. We wanted to laugh at all the people who doubted the Saints and what they were doing, the nerds and the analytics people saying the Saints were should have rebuilt, they should have reset. We wanted to laugh at them. We wanted to have fun. We wanted I wanted the Saints it would have been great if the Saints would be five and two or six and one or whatever and playing great. But that is that said, like I said it all off season and into the summer. Andrew, this was it for Jameis. Like, this was his last shot to be a quarterback that a team would believe in. And if if Jameis had had a really good season for the Saints, the Saints probably would have said, hey, Jameis, we'll extend you for three or four years. You're going to be our guy for a while. Like, that part of his career is over. He's not going to be a quarterback that teams believe in anymore. He's going to be a bridge guy. He's going to be a Mitch Trubisky. He's going to be like a Fitzpatrick where they're like, hey, Jameis, come in here and you can be a starter, but we just drafted this guy 20th in the first round. He's going to be the guy eventually. You can keep the seat warm. Like his career as a starting NFL quarterback, for it's done. And I feel bad for him because I wanted it to work, but it just didn't. Yeah, I mean, the. The what you just described is probably best case scenario. More likely is that he'll just be signed as a backup and, and get a backup deal. So yeah, yeah, I, I think his odds of getting a starting quarterback contract are done. I agree with you there. And I'll be honest, like I felt bad for him a while ago. I, I don't know that I do anymore. Like I mean, I mean, I feel bad in the sense that like yeah, it's a tough break. Injuries are part of football, and it, it sucks for players when this happens. But I don't know, like the timing of all this information coming out is a little weird. Like it just feels like he just got benched. He like DA just basically came out and said, he's good now. He can play. He's healthy. He's at a uh, he's at a spot where he's healthy and we're deciding to go with Andy Dalton. And then I just feel like James's PR, you know, team is reacting to that and putting out there Oh, he had a broken back, and he had this torn tendon in his foot. You know what I mean? That's like, right. They're leaking all of his injury information now to make excuses for the fact that the Saints just trust Andy Dalton more than they trust him. Pretty damning stuff. And it, and and like like some people have said, the Saints tried to tell us this off season that they didn't like James. They Houston. they didn't they try. They did. For, they told us. Yeah, they, they told us that by going loud and clear. Watching. And, you know, they, they ended up with Jameis in the end by default. Um, you know, they drew a line in the sand. What was this? Not not this past off season, but the one before. They drew a line in the sand. And they said, basically, Jameis, this is what we're willing to offer you. And uh, he, he almost didn't take it. He almost went to the Steelers. I think he was talking to the Colts at the time. The Bears. And, and, yeah, and, and the Saints were ready to sign Jacoby Brissett for the same deal. They were about to sign him, and like that, they were moving on, and they drew a line in the sand, and Jameis just said, fine, I'll take your deal. And he ended up doing it and, and coming back to the Saints, maybe even turning down a little bit more money from what some people would have you believe. But, you know, like 
the whole league really has been telling us for a while. That's right. How how they feel about Jameis Winston, and, and some of us t- tend to be in denial about this. But like the reality is, the league felt a certain way about him, and since then, all he's done is continually be injured. So tough break. That, that's the NFL. Sometimes it sucks, but like now. Injury prone is another label he's got to fight. He's it's too. Just, uh, it, it, yeah, there, there's no coming back. From there's that. no coming back. So, he, he's been injured for two years, and and the, the 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 thing is, you couldn't have known it at the time, but the Saints would have been because they're gonna they're gonna cut him, and and his cap hits. I think it's gonna be like eleven million for next year of dead money. The Saints would have been better off if Jameis had been really mad at them over the Deshaun Watson situation, and he'd have gone to the Colts. And, like, the Saints would have been like, ah, we're going with Andy Dalton. Yeah, well, and we'd have well, freaked out. Well, knowing what I know now, I wish that had happened. Yeah, like, we'd have um, freaked know, because, out at the time. Because, honestly, like, it's it's not worth the circus that surrounds him. Yeah. Like, it's just not. Like, we would have freaked out at the time, but, like, you'd be better off. And the thing is... You say, well, it's only $11 million, but they're probably going to have to cut Honey Badger. Like, they have to try to clean up this cap and they have to get $50 million under. It just makes it harder. But the thing is, with, when you're Jameis, like, if you, if you, if you're, if we're, and this is what I tried to explain on Twitter, I guess I, the Jameis Hive, I don't know if you can rationalize with them or maybe I wasn't explaining it well, but I was like, if you, if we're even arguing about should Jameis start or Andy Dalton start, like that's so damning for Jameis. Like I don't like, like I don't even know how to describe it. Like when Drew, when I mean, you know, it's even more damning when that's a question the Saints say we pick Dalton. <laughs> that's right. And here's the thing: in 2019, Teddy Bridgewater he went five and zero, and yeah, his touchdown to interception ratio wasn't comparable to Jameis, but the Saints were winning and Teddy was playing better and better. But when Drew Brees, when he was, he was like, I'm ready to go. And it wasn't even a, we didn't even entertain it. Even though Teddy Bridgewater was younger, the Saints were winning. Like we didn't even entertain that. And that's how there were some, I think there were some people that wanted Teddy to keep playing, but no one, not seriously. And it wasn't a raging debate, right? I just think, yeah. It, it's damning. Before we get to people, because we have a ton of people that want to talk, Andrew, the Saints offense with Andy Dalton, it's it, I wouldn't say it's good because they're still hemorrhaging turnovers, but they're fifth in points and they move the ball. Like It's, it's not going to be a calamity, but they're going to be okay on offense, I think. Yeah, I mean, I'm not the biggest Dalton fan either. Um, you know, if I'm being honest, I mean, you asked me, like, does it matter? I, I, I've always said, like, between the two, I feel like you're Robin Peter to PayPal or whatever. So, you know, it's I, I think you're, you're you're fixing some limitations and creating others, you know, between the two guys. So um, it's fine. I think with Andy Dalton, yeah, the offense has been moving the football a little bit. I, I think where I lean on this between the two, I mean, we, we've said this all along, I, I think. You know, it's not one guy's way better than the other. I, I don't think it's that. I, I think this offense has way more explosiveness with Jameis. It, it has more upside. Um, it has more ability to just score a touchdown very quickly with Jameis. So I think those are the reasons to keep him. I, I think ultimately with Dalton, I, they're both turning the ball over. You know, I would say Jameis was turning it over maybe a little bit more due to his injuries and whatever, but like, I think they're both prone to mistakes. I think ultimately where I like Dalton a little bit better is I just feel like the accuracy on third and short, the the ball placement in the short and intermediate passing, he's just a little bit more accurate. He's a little bit more decisive with his decisions, and he's not taken really bad. They run the football. Yeah, I mean, listen, sacks kill drives, you know? Um, yeah, that's right. No, so, sacks kill drives. I mean, and it's also just, you know, if I'm looking at it like offensively, you can't score points and get yards if you don't get first down. Yeah. 
And I, I, even last year, even last year, Ralph, when Jameis was probably at his best, at least in terms of efficiency, he had a great touchdown to interception ratio. But like he wasn't really moving the chains. The only like he, he he would get a couple explosive plays, and he he would get he would hit on some deep throws. But like he didn't really move the chains. The only Andy Dalton moves the chains, and that's why I believe this offense is better. The only game that Jameis really looked completely comfortable and at ease in the Sean Payton offense. It's going to sound weird. Was the Giant game, which they lost, but there was a moment in like the third uh, and early right fourth. The injury against Tampa, he was looking great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so they had some moments, but that's when he looked coming. He got Jameis with the Saints. He just has trouble getting in rhythm and sort of staying in rhythm. He's like a he's like a baseball player that hits like two forty and hits like forty home runs. He'll hit the he'll hit the home runs and it's awesome. More like two nineteen and forty home runs. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. So we got a bunch of people that want to talk. Freaking about football. Uh, thoughts on where the Saints are with James with uh, Dalton at quarterback the rest of the way, unless of course Dalton gets hurt and they go back to Jameis. Uh, yeah. Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead. Barely. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, hold on. Let me... Uh, yeah. So, um, uh, I think, I, I don't think Dalton's going to remain the star the rest of the way. I feel like there's just going to be a lot of like, Dalton's going to throw three picks in a game. And we're like, <laughs> okay, we're going to go back to Jameis. Jameis throws oh, is... four picks the next game. Ah, let's go back to it. DA left that door open, by the way. And I, yeah. I'm glad you said that. Cause I meant to say that too. Yes. I, I don't think we've seen the end of Jameis Winston. I do believe he'll play again this season. And I'm glad you said that because, I, yeah, I mean, DA left the door open for that today. When he was talking to the media, he said, we're going with Andy Dalton for now. And if he continues to operate the offense and continues to perform at the level he has, then we're sticking with him for now. And so he kind of – what that meant, I think what he implied by that is at any point we lose and it's because Andy Dalton – had a bunch of turnovers and things went down in flames, then I, I do think they would go back to Jameis. And of course, like there's always an injury risk. I mean, he's a 35 year old quarterback. So I, I, I still believe at some point we will see Jameis. He's a, he's a 35 year old quarterback with back issues. Now, That's so, right. Yeah. That's right. I mean, I grow, I groan freaking about football because it, it if they go back to if they go if 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 Dennis Allen and it's not an injury if he goes back to Jameis Winston, that means we're in a death spiral and the Saints are like a four win team or less. Like that, yeah. That to me is the scenario. So that's why that's why I groan. Nothing against Jameis. I mean, if, if, you're, if you're you're getting into Ditka territory, then Andrew, because you're shuffling. You're like, I'm going to give Shula. I'm going to try Nesmeyer. I'm going to try Werfel. I'm going to try the Billy Joes. I'm going to try Drunk Kerry Collins. Let's go. Like it just it's it's a revolving door of sadness. Is what you've 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 left open. It, it's the two garbage cans that are <laughs> rolling down the street. Um, and you're waiting for one of them to uh, to win. Um, honestly, go with Dalton. I think the offense performed well besides the turnovers. Um, the defense, I think, they're, they're just not a good team, guys. No, they're just not. I mean, we're, we're, yeah. we're, no, I mean, we'll get into that. Me and Andrew talked about it on the, on the Patrons Only podcast, which, by the way, if you're not a patron, become a patron. Go to saintshappyhour.com. I know we got a ton of people listening that aren't patrons. Support us. Support our community. We're doing amazing things. We'd love to have you join our community. Try us out for a month. If you don't like it, we'll give you a refund. But, yeah, no, forget about that. They're, they're bad. And, and, and Andrew, we yeah. talked about it on the, on the, when we did the podcast for today where we took inventory of the Saints roster. Andrew, I made the point, like, if they don't fix the run defense – None of this matters. Quarterback, Lattimore, like none of it. And we'll get to the injury report in a second. But freaking about football, the run defense, it's it's terrible. Absolutely terrible. It's – it's uh, it doesn't – like I get like, okay, you know, they got lucky last year with no defensive tackles. But to go from like, oh, you're one of the best run defenses in one year to, yeah, you just, just can't tackle and you can't, <laughs> you're giving up six yards a pop. I'm like – I don't. I didn't see that coming. Like I could see it going like from bad to average. I mean, good to average, and then like next year going really bad. Yeah. But like one year, and it's gone from like the absolute best, to absolute worst. That that was 
Yeah, well, it's just a yeah. Well, here's the thing, though. Thanks, thanks for the thanks for joining us. Speaking about football, the thing is, Andrew, you know, not that we give a damn about other teams, but Tampa sort of had the same issue. Like Tampa and the Saints, the last like two years going into this year, like they were the best run defenses in football. His, Tampa was on a historic run of of run defense, and now both of them get their asses shoved around. Yeah, it's weird, man. What a difference a year can make. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, the run defense has been so disappointing. Um, I, I, the injuries have been tough to stomach. Uh, you know, Ralph, I was uh, thinking about making an amputation joke and saying that Michael Thomas, does he need to get his toe amputated? But then one of the Saints players had a literal, actual amputation this offseason, so I can't even <laughs> make that joke anymore. Um, but uh, You really can't. Man, no, seriously, I, I, I just look at the Saints, and it's like – if you were to ask me right now what's what's wrong with them, it's like, where do I start? You know what I mean? Like, there's just so many spots. Like, I would say the quarterback play has been poor. It's been a little bit better with Andy Dalton, but they, they lead the league in turnovers. Like, that, that's, that's a death sentence. Like, you can stop there. You lead the league in turnovers, you're not going to have a good record. On top of that, they're not tackling well. They're injured. Um, and you know, I'll be, I'll be honest, like the injury report doesn't look that much better on the other side of this mini. No, it does not. Have you been thinking of becoming a Saints happy hour patron? We have an offer you can't refuse. Sign up. And if you don't think Saints happy hour is the best daily Saints podcast and you aren't having a blast chatting on our private discord channel with other Saints fans, we will refund your money. No questions asked. If you sign up at the $10 level, you can even keep our Boost Bundle welcome gift after the refund. You have absolutely nothing to lose, so go to saintshappyhour.com and sign up today. Podcast ads are the worst, right? Everyone hates them. You can get Saints Happy Hour ad-free by becoming a patron. That's right, patrons get access to every show ad-free. No ads ever you also get breaking saints news podcast saints player grades early access to shows and behind the scenes access plus you get access to our discord channel where you can talk saints 24 7 in private with other saints happy hour listeners and you get our world famous booze bundle with four swag items amazing so sign up and never have to suffer through another ad again go to saintshappyhour.com that's saintshappyhour.com and sign up today the Raiders injury report was pretty awful, but of course it's against the Saints, so they'll have a miracle. They'll they'll go to Lords or whatever and have hands laid on them. They'll all play. Um, but like that's that that was the thing to me. Like as bad as they are, you're like, well, they got a break Sunday. All the NFC South, South teams lost. They're only a game back. And I was thinking well, maybe we'll get some good news. But then Dennis Allen on Monday kind of hinted at it he's like i didn't get the report that i was hoping for and i look at this injury report andrew and i'm like they're Lattimore didn't practice landry thomas like it's the like it's gonna be the same group on defense and i arizona's dreadful on offense the raiders are not like the raiders are figuring stuff out with josh mcdaniels they've run uh, Jacobs tremendously there. He's been killing it the last three weeks. 5.7 per carry. Yeah. Like, the, the, they are going to – if they don't get Lattimore back, Debo practice. Like, so they don't get guys back on defense. They're going to get housed. Like, this defense, they don't have the – sometimes you don't have the horses, and that's just the way it is. Like, they're going to get run over against the Raiders. You know? Yeah, my only, my only hope is – that four guys for the Raiders are out with illness, and maybe <laughs> maybe the Raiders are drenched in Rona. Maybe, you know, um, the Raiders. We'll see, we'll see. I mean, it, it it's just frustrating, man. That's why I was, you know, Doctor Thomas can't join us. He he had to do actual doctoring tonight. Uh, but I really wanted to talk to him because, you know, the the prognosis on Lattimore at first was, well, he's not going to be out. He's going to be okay. But he's been out a while, and it's just, you know, these things just pile up, and it it just feels like everything that's gone wrong for the Saints, it all points to a disaster of a season. And when you have these disaster of a season that you weren't expecting, it never is just one thing. It's always just one thing after another, and it's just too much to overcome. And before we get to 
Jay Bordeaux. I would say this, Andrew. For all of Sean Payton's greatness, the Saints, during that five-game losing streak last year, it basically was this. I mean, the Buffalo game, the Dallas game, like those were atrocities. Like Buffalo crushed the Saints, and the Bills fans took over the lower bowl of the Superdome on Thanksgiving. Like the Saints, that 0-5, the end of it was really ugly. I know the, the Atlanta game and the Tennessee game were close. The last three, Philly, Dallas, Buffalo, those games got progressively worse and worse. So as great a coach is, he couldn't overcome it. So, you know, that that's my fear that they're just they're just at a point where you can't. Yeah, there's another thing I want to bring up real quick, man. Um is a comment that Alvin Kamara made today and you know I want to talk about coaching and this this one was probably the biggest indictment I've heard of Dennis Allen yet I mean there there's been some stuff in the media Mm -hmm. stuff he's put out there that's been a little spotty but today Alvin Kamara had a soundbite where he said you know we had a guy that jumped off uh, that false started in practice and we kind of let it go but then it happens in a game and you're like, you realize that you're you're letting like the small details slip, and 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 like that's coaching, man. Yeah. Like coaches should be going nuts on players in practice for making those mistakes. I mean, my son plays middle school football. I see what happens when those kids fall start in practice. They got to run extra laps. You know, they got to. So like, this is happening at at at, at the youngest football levels, and, and it blows my mind that Dennis Allen. Like we're we're getting all these tidbits of like he's not sweating this, he's not sweating that. And I think he wants to be like a player friendly coach, but I just don't think he runs a very tight ship. We're starting to learn that about him. And I think some of these mistakes that permeate this team are a direct a direct correlation to the style that in the style of with which he runs this team. He's very Hazlitty. He's very Hazlitty. You know? Like Hazlitt, Hazlitt, the Saints could they they had a bunch of seasons where they made runs and almost made it. They and they had moments like in two thousand two where they collapsed. Like Hazlitt, that roster was really talented, but it always felt like Hazlitt ran like a loose ship. Like the penalty, like basically Dennis Allen and Jim Hazlitt's teams in two thousand the two thousand two Saints and the twenty two two. 2022 Saints, Jim Hazlitt team, 7.4 penalties per game. Dennis Allen, 7.3. Like, you know, and 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 I I know that certain media people were like, well, it's not just because a player speaks up, it doesn't mean that the coaches aren't leading and that there's not a void. I don't get that sense with the Saints. I get the sense of there's players in the locker room and they're like, we love it here because when you win as a team, it's more fun. You have a nicer environment. And when you lose, people lose jobs, man. Coaches, administrators, because a new guy comes in, people get fired, man, and they make changes. And I think the Saints, the players, like Alvin Kamara said, he's like, I'm not used to losing. I've been here five years. They never lost. You know, Alvin, they've had a winning season every year he's been here. I think the leaders on the team are like, we got to do something. We got to get this thing together. We got to keep the winning going. And that's good that they're like that because they care about the culture and they want it to succeed. But man, it just speaks so much to Dennis Allen that it's not like it's not happening at the top. Like Dennis Allen's too nice a guy. He's too normal a human being. <laughs> well, you know, we, we have we have uh, his history with the Raiders. That, that's that was awful as well. And uh, he's not off to a good start with the Saints. So, you know, we've talked about this and we'll continue to talk about this. Like, is there a chance that he could be one and done? Ooh, I mean, we'll get to that in a minute. Jay Bordeaux, what you got for us? You know, it's funny because you mentioned about these Saint, uh, these Saints doctors. You're like, damn, the Pelicans had that issue a while back with their doctors. Hey, man, are they sort of related? Do they still have those jobs? Like, what the hell is going on with this? Like, well, it's been consistent. No, I, I hear him. He's good. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're pretty much, Andrew, your your mic has been going on and off when I've been hearing, so I don't know. Um, but to get to your point with the Saints, and it's so weird because we, like I said the last time we talked, 
this whole NFC sucks so bad so that bad. we we were on the verge to do great with this team with this core, and then now the whole floor collapsed on us with injuries, self infliction, penalties, more injuries, missed tackles, quarterback issues. It's like a list of bad stuff that happened last year. But I thought, like you know, we were supposed to be good with getting some offensive talent like uh, Landry. Michael Thomas coming back. We get Chris Olave. We thought we would get those guys and make a run for it because of how bad the NFC is. But we're right back to where we were last it, year, and it sucks. It's there. Well, they're, I think they're 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 not back to where they. Thanks, Jay Bordeaux. I don't think they are back to where they were yeah. last year. They're worse yeah. because they they have more injuries. They're worse at coaching. I'll say this: the NFC is even worse than I thought it was going to be. And I thought the NFC was going to be horrible. It's the worst NFC. It's, it might be the worst conference I have ever seen in my entire life watching football. It's horrific. What are the, who are the good teams? Philadelphia? Okay, they're good. The Giants, they're winning, but do you think the Giants are good? Minnesota, the team the Saint, that, that needed a double doink to beat the Saints, you think they're good? Like, the NFC is an atrocity, and that's the frustrating part. Like, sometimes in life, man, you just it just doesn't fall right. I'm telling you, Andrew, any of the Saints teams between 2017 and 2020, if you put them in this year's NFC – they waltz to the fucking Super Bowl. Even 2020, busted up, no arm, ribs are dust. Drew Brees, he waltzes to the Super Bowl in this NFC. That's how bad the NFC is, and it drives me nuts. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just tough timing to be on the downswing for sure. Um, but a lot of teams are, and I mean, that's... That's the good thing is you can bounce back pretty quickly. Well, There's yeah, an the opportunity N- here, right, for for someone to step up and maybe not this year, but maybe you have a good off season. I mean, it's tougher for the Saints with their limitations, but um, you know, you, you strike gold in, in a couple of moves and you're right back in it. Yeah, well, I mean, the thing is, you know, Carolina, yeah, they traded McCaffrey and they'll get they have more picks now, but if David Tepper, if he can make a terrible hire with Matt Rule, what's to say he can't make another equally as terrible hire? And then Tampa doesn't have Brady. Atlanta, maybe they find a quarterback, maybe they don't. And the NFC South remains a dumpster fire. So um, we got a bunch of people, and I want to get to them. NPA Toker, what you got for us? Hey, thanks for having me on again, guys. Uh, you know, I, I kind of was hearing what you said about the defense earlier, and a lot of people are forgetting that we're a defensive team, and usually it's That's their right. defense that wins the games. And lately, you know, I'm noticing all the players are getting old, you know, and we can't always rely on Demario Davis and Cam Jordan, and they're, they're the ones that always hype it up and and start a, a spark with their defense. But I'm noticing that it's just them now. I mean, where's, where's Tyrion Matthew? What's he doing? And Lattimore's out. It's 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 – a big, it's a big uh, effect on our offense as well. Where our offense it are is. so used to our our defense can can uh, help us out and give us the ball back, but now it's like they're both struggling. They're they're both feet on their own, and that that's what I'm thinking about right now. No, it's a great, team. it's a great point, and, and uh, thanks, MPA Toker, um, Andrew. It's a it's a great point, and here's the thing: like defense has always been defense is very volatile, and when you build a great defense. You usually, best case scenario, you get three to five years out of it. Like, it doesn't sustain as long as offense when you have a great quarterback like Drew Brees. Offense is more stable, and if you have a great quarterback, you can stay in the top ten like the Saints did for a better part of a decade and a half. But defense, it's violent, and it's up and down, and defensive teams, the history of them, they don't decline on like a slow, easy landing. They go from elite defense to, oh my God, they're all old and washed and it's over, right? Um, 
And this, I, team- I still believe, I Ralph, I still believe that you know there are guys on this team. Maybe not all of them, but there are guys that can step up and play better than they have been. And Davenport, Onyemata, mm-hmm. um, Adibo, like even Teron Matthew, Marcus May, they're better than this. Know for a fact those guys can play better football than they have so far this season. I've seen them do it, and look at this point. Like, is is this season going to be saved, or the Saints going to win the division? I mean, I, I have look. I mean, somebody's got to win the NFC South, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, who else are you picking? Somebody Atlanta, will. Atlanta. Like, I, it's not going to be Carolina. Like, who's going to win that? Division? I mean, I don't know. Listen, Tampa. They play Baltimore tomorrow. And then they play the Rams, and then they play Seattle. Like, you think they're going to win two of those three? I don't necessarily think so. Atlanta, Carolina, they play Carolina twice in the next two weeks, and then someone else. I think it's Seattle. So, you know, is 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 Atlanta going to beat Carolina twice? I don't know. Like, Carolina – I mean, Atlanta's defense – for all the for all the positive things that people say about Atlanta, that they're kind of not the worst team in the NFL that people thought they were going to be. Thing is with Atlanta, their defense is still freaking dreadful. Their secondary gave up 400 yards to Joe Burrow. You saw it against Joe the Burrow Saints. Just threw another touchdown pass. Just yeah, now. Joe Burrow. They, you saw it against the Saints with the fun comeback the Saints had, right? And Marcus Mariota, basically, Atlanta wants him to not participate in the game. Atlanta's like best. What Atlanta wants to do is run the ball and have Mariota throw like 15 passes like a high school quarterback. So, like, Atlanta's not any better. Now, Atlanta might, you could say they're better off for the Saints in the future because they're going to have $100 million of cap space, blah, blah, blah. But this year, the NFC South sucks. So, like, if the, put it this way, if the Saints, I would say, Andrew, there is a better than 50 50 chance. If the Saints can some kind of way pull out a win on Sunday, there's a at least a 50-50 chance everybody in the NFC South is going to be 3-5, and five, which will be hilarity on a level that I cannot wait for. Like, like I'm here for it. I'm a here for it. A four-way tie for the division lead at 3-5 and five would be – Hysterical. I'm here for. I'm here for the Saints beat the Raiders. They beat Baltimore on, on Monday night, some kind of way, and we're like, the Saints are all alone in first place in the NFC South. Like, I'm here for it. Like, it's hilarious. Um, you know, the thing is, though, I, I, I just, Andrew. Well, let, let's get to Bud, Bud Rich. What you got for us, man? I. I can't with this defensive line anymore. I just I can't. <laughs> so bad, and they've inv- and they've invested so much into. They've invested they invest- three first round picks in it. And it's terrible. Rushers. They invested in edge rushers. That's who they invested in. They they got they went out. You and, haven't you, you haven't know, been got- happy with the uh, play of Peyton Turner this season? Is he a real person? Yeah. He's Turner. only had one acceptable game, and that was in the London game where he. Recorded two pressures and that was it. Then he blocked he that field heart, goal against Atlanta. Butter, don't forget that he, he can't play anymore. <laughs> but no, I'm I'm specifically talking about the interior defensive line. Like Ayamada has flat out disappeared. He he's either getting bulldozed or he's just not. He's just nowhere near the play. He needs to get back on the juice. Plain and simple. Yeah, and, yeah, and then like you look at the rest of the line, the only other player that was drafted was Contavious Street in the fourth round, and he's been utterly yeah. disappointing. Yeah, like Malcolm Roach is the only one that's playing well, and he's just been acceptable. Well, you got UDFA when you get when you get a UDFA Malcolm Roach Shy Tuttle. Like, yeah. what more do you want out of Shy Tuttle? He's a UDFA for guys. Ralph, Ralph, yeah. Ralph, how many? Tackles for losses? Do you think Tano Pasanio has this year? Two. Correct. How many tackles for loss do uh, does Contavious Street have? None. Probably like he two. has two. He has two. Yeah. How many does Granderson have? Probably like two or three. Two. None. Correct. Oh, he, now here's two? the next question: How many tackles for losses do Onyemata 
and Davenport have combined? Oh, it's got to be like Five. it's got to be like eight, six, one. Eight. The answer is zero. Oh my oh. god! I, I thought I thought Davenport had one, but I guess not. <laughs> Davenport has half a sack, which doesn't count towards his tackle for loss. Yeah, oh I, I thought, and, I thought and he had one, but has half a sack. So the the point is, and we know this: Sonia Mata and Davenport are playing way more than all those other guys I just named. Like, and if I asked you right now, legitimately, how how is the season going for Tano, Granderson, or Street? You would say they're all playing like shit, right? You would all be like, yeah, they're they're really not giving the Saints much. Well, Davenport and Onyemata are playing way more than those guys, and combined, they have zero tackles for oh a my loss God. and one sack. That's what they that's what they've contributed together. And so, when you look at all those subs, those reserves, and the plays they've made, it's like, dude, it's bad. It's yeah. bad. And the thing that's the thing that's frustrating, Budridge, is at least with Ruiz, right? It's been a struggle. Right, but he's looking really good, and you can you can look at Ruiz and say, yeah, year three, he's looking really good. He's going into year if he stays healthy and continues on the track, you can be like, we're going into year four, year four. We feel really good about him. He's progressing a little slower than we hope, but he's there. We're good at guard. Maybe we need to do something with Pete. The thing that's so frustrating is you go into the draft next year. Yes, you need a quarterback. But the Saints, they're going to have to go back and be like, we got to draft more defensive ends. And it's like you spent three first-round picks since 2018 on defensive ends, and you're going to have to do it again? That's where it's so bad, you know? Yeah, yeah it looks like the nightmare scenario is coming true where if we do somehow land a first-round pick in a Sean Payton trade, it, it's probably going to be used on a fucking defensive end. Because they, they're looking at it and they're going, listen, we need to get after the quarterback. We need to disrupt. We need to disrupt whatever you know quarterback we go against because we let guys like Baker Mayfield cook us. We we gotta. We need to get after him, or they'll use it on a safety. They'll, they'll uh, ignore the major offensive need, whether it be wide receiver or quarterback at this point, because Saints are deathly allergic to quarterbacks in the first round. And we'll address something else that does need to be addressed, but you can either wait and say wait until like the second round, or you can get a good a good free agent signing somewhere. You can get well, you can get you can get a safety. Here's the here thanks thanks for joining us, Butterich. Here's the thing I'll say. Here's the thing I'll say about Dennis Allen for sure. That man, Andrew, because you you have sources and you. From one of your sources, you got like all the prototypes of what Jeff Ireland and the Saints, like what their measurements are for for every position on defense. Teron Matthew, he broke every rule the Saints had about prototype, size, all of it. Dennis Allen, he, I guarantee you in his private moments, is like, I can't believe I broke my own rules and I went against the thing with safety, the size, the speed, all the things that I want in a safety. I went against it for Matthew. The Saints are never going to draft or sign a smallish safety ever again as long as Dennis Allen is the coach. Either that or he's thinking, man, I should have listened to Sean when he said no LSU No LSU. The Saints are never – they're never drafting. They're never signing an LSU player. Not for another 30 years. (laughs) Jacob, what you got for us? What's up, guys? Um, I'm I'm looking at this depth chart right now on my computer – I'm seeing Q Q Q Q I R I R Q I R I R I R I R Q Q I R I R. Oh, and that's not even special teams. I R. I mean, like we drafted Trevor Penning, and we gave up next year to get Trevor Penning, and we haven't seen face. We like we've only seen him getting kicked out of fucking practice. Like, at what point do we say, "Why did we do this?" Like, <laughs> unless if Penning comes out those fucking doors and becomes the next, I don't even know, you know, Hall of Fame right left tackle, you know, like minute, like it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. And then, and then on top of that, we give 
the same team that we gave our first round pick to, we gave them CJ Gardner Johnson. I've been talking to my dad about this the entire, like the entire season. He has honestly gotten sick of me because, (laughs) because like it's the team is so like on paper, it looks good, but then you like watch it and then you want to throw up in your mouth. Well, Jacob, here's the thing. I'll let Andrew talk to it, but like last year, CD Deuce, he was one of the spotty tacklers in the secondary, right, Andrew? We were like, man, his tackling's kind of shaky, not compared to not as good as Malcolm Jenkins and other dudes, man. Yeah. Compared to Honey Badger, he's a tackling machine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, like, and the thing is that we we let we let Marcus Williams go, which was, you know, at the time I was like. You know, he probably was asking for an obscene amount of money, mm-hmm. you know, and it was, you know, it was probably time to cut bait. But then, and and I was happy that we signed Tyron Matthew because I was like, oh, this guy has won a Super Bowl in the past 10 years. This guy has, you know, he is revered as a really good safety. And then we get Marcus May to replace, um, to pr- replace, um, Jenkins. Uh, Jenkins. I was not I was not opposed to that cuz Marcus May I saw him you know do really good against the Saints last year when we played in at in New York. You know, I was not I was not opposed to any of our signings this year. I thought maybe hey, it's a little it's a little bit emotional being that a lot of these guys are from LSU and all. We loved it. I'm not even I'm, Jacob, I'm not even going to pretend that I didn't yeah. love it. We did. And I'm a two. I'm a Tulane fan, and my that's because my parents. But like you know, even I liked it. Yeah. No, I mean, and thanks, Jacob, for joining us. Yeah, I'm not even gonna like the the Jarvis Landry podcast when they signed him on a Friday. It was one of the funnest shows of the year. The oh, Honey I, Badger. I think it was fun. We wanted this. I like, apo- I apologize for nothing. And honestly, Landry's <laughs> first game when we beat Atlanta was awesome. It was. I mean, what, what he did in that game was beautiful. I'll never forget that moment. Even, yeah. even if even if he has to go on IR and he's done for the year, like I'll never forget Jarvis Landry against Atlanta. That was fun. Yeah. And that deep ball catch that he made was ridiculous. But, no, I, I think, look, I, I think the points that Jacob made are, are, are true. I mean, this offseason, I felt good about the Saints. Yeah. I mean, we all did. And I think through camp we were like, hey, this team is, is going to be pretty good. But, you know, in hindsight – Winston injury in training camp Huge. was the beginning of the end because he didn't get those reps and shortly on the heels of that Trevor Penning went down and then it's been one way traffic with the injuries ever since. Yeah. Yeah, and and, and it, it was almost you know, and we we said it at the time, like Jameis coming back from the knee injury and having the foot injury on top of that, like he needed reps, time and it really looked like – and it's it's a hard call as a coach, especially nowadays. It is a hard call in training camp to say, do you play the guys in the preseason? Do you practice the guys really hard? Or do you prioritize, let's not get anybody hurt? And Dennis Allen, like a lot of teams, prioritized, don't get anybody hurt. And it looked like – they weren't really ready, and they hadn't practiced enough against Atlanta, against Tampa, especially on offense. Like I know Jameis was hurt, but that's what it looked like. But it's such a hard balancing act, Andrew. You know, because if, if if Dennis Allen had practiced them really hard, and they had had all the injuries in the summer, and they had this result, we would be killing him and be like, you stupid son of a gun. You practiced, you ran these guys into the ground in the summer for what, Dennis? For what? So it's it's a it's a hard it's a hard balancing act and it's a hard decision to make as a coach um as to what to do in training camp. How do, how do you prepare for the season? Yeah, well said and and look, I mean they got to figure out how to beat the Raiders with what they got. It's the bottom line. Next man up and all that. And I do think they're past the point. Look, I look at the Saints every week, and whether it's Andy Dalton or James yep. Winston, I just feel like every team they're playing right now, the quarterback on the other side is better. And it's hard when you're you're playing a team with a better quarterback than yours each week, 
hard to win those games. Yeah. Do you feel I and I say this as a person who I'm flying in. I'm waking up at like 5:30 a.m. Sunday to catch a flight to go watch this Raider game. So I get no satisfaction out of saying I'm dreading Sunday because I'm waking up at the crack of dawn, flying into this game. Me and my brother are going to go to this game. I'm going to get shit-faced at this game, and he's going to dump me off at the airport after, and I'm going to fly back. So I get this no – this is, this is the most confident I've been all season that the Saints are going to lose. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, who I – mean, do they will probably win. The, the Saints have lost four or five consecutive games that I've attended. So I mean, it's not a, it's not good. Um, yeah, you're on an incredible. I'm on an incredible run. Like the last the last game I saw the Saints win in person was the 2019 season opener against the Texans. And I know COVID made it weird, but still, that is an incredible losing streak. Mister Cleo, what you got for us? Don't forget to unmute yourself. Yeah, got it. I am. I watched the uh, pick six Corona in Arizona performance on a plane leaving town, and I'm in. I'm in Dallas on the way, getting ready to get on a plane back home right now. But uh, I, I don't know if y'all already did this, but could, let, can we talk about Alvin for a minute? Go ahead. I feel like the the comments that Al, Alvin made today that never happened in the Peyton era. No, I've never heard any player ever say anything like that publicly during the Peyton era and that really bugs me and then second whatever Dalton Winston whatever why are we not dumping the ball I can't believe I'm saying this because I used to get irritated by dead arm Drew dumping the ball to Alvin all the time (laughs) why don't we dump the ball to Alvin anymore like we just don't do it until the game's out of reach and it pisses me off the screen I I do I do feel like they've done a much better job of that with Andy Dalton I, I do feel I think he had seven receptions against Arizona. So it's gotten gotten better, but I'm with you, Mr. Cleo. I I feel like they could do it more. And, you know, I I don't – when Kamara spoke up to the media today, I don't think this was his intention. I think he's just frustrated that they're losing and he's speaking his mind because he's a hard-on-his-sleeve kind of guy. But some of the things that he said, yeah, like like you said, it's, it's an indictment of Dennis Allen. You hear that and you're like, why isn't your head coach taking care of that? Yeah. And it, the thing is, and thanks, Mr. Cleo. The thing is, Andrew, it, it sounds weird, but I, I don't think the Saints miss, like, th- Sean Payton's offensive X and O game plan brilliance and designing an offense. Of all the things they miss, I think that's like, seven eight on the list like the things Sean Payton the things that he did that mattered the most like the Pete Carmichael's been good as offensive coordinator I think they're fifth in points like it's all these things that like you just can't yeah I, I will say this Ralph the Saints lead the league in turnovers yeah and like a year ago they were dead last so, like, it's. I think it's easy to look at points and yards and yeah. overlook, like, some of the mistakes the offense is making. But Sean Payton, I mean, I'm just telling you, like, after one game, he's like, oh, you want to throw picks? You want to give the game away? Fine. We're running every play. You know, and, it, oh, and, and it, uh, we're going to run every play in this game, and I'll start punting on third down. <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, and Sean, I'm just telling you, Sean Payton would be over the top being like, if you guys keep turning the football over – I'm going to keep cutting guys until I find a guy that won't. Yeah. We'll play Canadian we'll play Canadian rules. 3 downs. You think yeah. I'm kidding? No, I mean, I I just yeah. think Sean Payton like he would not have this. I mean, dude, do you remember how much he kept the reins on Jameis? Yeah. He would look at Jameis would come off the sidelines and be like, "Don't you dare throw that pass." Jameis would throw a touchdown pass and he would be all over his ass. Yeah. Like the New England game would be J- he'd be like that was he threw a touchdown, and you'd be like, Jameis, that was way too much risk. The Patriots have a god, too. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And the thing is, people are like, well, Jameis had a, you know, in my mention today, Jameis had a great touchdown-interception ratio. And, and I'm like, yeah, but his completion percentage was terrible. The Saints' yard, passing yards were bad. And here's the thing. 
that I think they overlook. Sean Payton didn't really get the best out of Jameis. He coached Jameis like Jameis was not to be trusted ever. And that that's not like a healthy get the best out of you, maximize your potential. That's I'm not going to let you lose us this game. And it's what smart coaches do. Ralph, like Sean Payton is was not and is not a Jameis Winston believer. Period. No. no, period. And the thing that's that, that that's it's frustrating is like we're gonna if you if the Jameis Winston Andy Dalton like the quarterback battles and arguments annoyed you like we're gonna do this all again in March because they're cutting Jameis Winston he's not gonna be on the team Andy Dalton might be the backup but we're gonna have to have this argument again. Of, do you want Jimmy G? Do you want to trade for Derek Carr if the Raiders give up on him? Do you want to draft a guy? Do you, you know it, it? It's it's just it's going to be it all again, and it's just you can call it. Some people call it quarterback purgatory. I call it the quarterback wilderness. Like it's hard to freaking find a quarterback, but we're going to be doing it again in March. So. Um, We'll just have to see. All right, the down. All right, Keg721, what you got for us? How y'all doing? We've been better. I wish the Saints weren't 2-5. and five. <laughs> I could agree with that, man. So uh, this one, just like Mr. Cleo, is actually going to be in regards to Kamara. Uh, we just saw a blockbuster trade with Christian McCaffrey. And the unfortunate news that the position the Saints are in now is that we may have to be staring down the barrel of losing beloved players. Kamara is not getting younger. Mm-hmm. He's very expensive. We're, we were early in the year. We were not using him like we should be. And he also has a suspension looming. If you can get something close to what Christian, Christian McCaffrey garnered for the Panthers, would you do that? You can't. I mean, I think in theory, if they could get a second, third, and fourth round pick for Kamara, in theory... I might think about it, but they can't. If, if they if they trade Camara before Tuesday at four or Tuesday at three o'clock when the the trade deadline is, it's a twenty seven million dollar dead hit. Like if they trade him, they have to figure out a way to clear out that space. They would trade Camara, and then they'd have to redo contracts or cut dudes. Like the Saints. All the players that have value that teams might want, they all make the Saints salary cap. They nuke it until it glows. So like they're stuck. Like they're stuck with this roster. And I wrote about it for WWL tomorrow. Like I think the Saints, if they can some kind of way miraculously beat the Raiders on Sunday, they should yo. They shouldn't tear it down. They should YOLO harder because guess what? They are stuck with this roster in 2022 and 2023. Like that's the that's the cost of what Mickey Loomis did to try to get Drew and Sean a second Super Bowl. Like that's the bill. Like you can't blow it up. You can't trade. You can't trade these guys unless I'm reading it wrong, Andrew, and I've totally misunderstood over the cap. No, I, I believe that they can get out of Kamara in 2024 and not before based on the bonuses that they've given them. Uh, so real quick, who is the one person you would trade for then at the trade deadline? If we do win, I get, I, I would trade, try to... trade, trade, like which play, which saints player. No, would like what would you trade for? Trade for? for. Oh yeah. I mean, I couldn't give you a player, but, it, but if you were to ask me right now, Wise, you know, I, I think I mean obviously, the first answer would be quarterback. Like if they could get a quarterback, but quarter, uh, quarterbacks don't become available this time of year. So, you know, more realistically, if you were to ask me what position would make the biggest difference right now in the Saints, I would pick an interior player. Give me a defensive tackle. Give me a defensive tackle that can get the pass rush going a little bit. Um, I, I just feel like Tuttle and Onyemata have been so poor up front and like. That's the biggest problem on this team. Uh, I, I would take another corner, like or you know, a replacement for Teron Matthew, maybe a safety. I would say so, safety. Uh, if you could get a veteran, because because safety is a quality player 
that you could give a third or fourth round pick and you could get a Malcolm Jenkins type quality player at safety. Corner is going to be much harder. You're going to have a hard time getting a decent corner. A fat guy run stuffing defensive tackle, you could probably get, he probably won't give you much pass rush though, Andrew, but a safety of like Malcolm Jenkins quality, you could get that on Tuesday, I think. And that's what they need. They need a dude back there who can get the stuff organized and who can make freaking tackles. Like, that would help them so much. And if they win and they're tied for first, I think Loomis should go YOLO. It'll make the nerds mad. It'll They'll laugh at us. But if everybody in the South is 3-5 and five and you're locked into this roster – Go for it because you're stuck. And what are you going to do? Philadelphia's got the pick. Just YOLO harder. Try to make it happen. If it doesn't and you burn a couple of picks for 2023, who cares? The dowry for Sean Payton when he goes to the Chargers because Brandon Staley's terrible. You'll get some picks back. YOLO harder. That's my solution. Well, Ralph, uh, you know, this is going to be a big one on Sunday because I just feel like three and five, especially in this division, you're kind of back in the mix. Uh, two and six, there's no coming back from that. Well, so, the thing is – I don't I don't even hesitate anymore. This, this, li- this line started at one and a half. It's moved to two and a half for the Raiders. Like the money is pouring in on the Raiders. In fact, it started out football power index. It started out – the and I'll pull it up right now. The Saints, the the Raiders were a um, the Raiders were a um, a fifty eight percent chance to win the beginning of the week. Today, after the injury report, the Raiders are sixty two point eight percent predicted to win by ESPN analytics. Everything points to the Raiders, and the Raiders to me look like a team. Started, excuse me, started out terrible, 0-3, but they've won two of their last three. They almost beat Kansas City. They look like a team with a new coaching staff that's getting it together and going in the, the right direction. The Saints, are, the Saints are winning by 30, aren't they? <laughs> if, the Saints, if the Saints win by more than a touchdown, I'm doing the show shirtless again, again. on, on Monday. Mm. They, if the Saints win by more, the Saints win the by more than a touchdown. You, the last time you proclaim that they won, it they won, worked, but so. they're not winning. Like they're they, the the thing is, it just the weight of it all. Like it just feels like they're too injured. And the thing is, you you said it last year when they were going into the year when we were talking about Jameis and Sean Payton. You were like, man, Ralph, the horses just have to perform. If their horses perform, they're going to be fine. And the thing is. Their guys aren't well, Davenport, and I would even say like Matthew. You expected things out of him. He's not performing, and, and it, it just like their their defense, man. It's hard. The, the one thing you explained it today for the the podcast we did for patrons only um, for the state of the roster, but I think it's it was very instructive to me. Explain. In the simplest terms, why Lattimore freaking matters so much? We know he's great, and we know he's a, a top five NFL corner, but a, what does he do for the Saints that is so critical for their defense? Because I felt like without him, their defense is just – it's like a car with that's running on four cylinders instead of eight. Well, I got to run, Ralph. So, uh, you know, if you really want to know the answer to that question – Maybe you should become a. That's patient. right. That's that's even better. They should become. A, <laughs> that's that's the that's hey, the thanks that's, thanks everybody. That's the best tonight. promo Ralph, you've ever done. Up. Become a patron for seven dollars and you can get our State of the Saints podcast. So listen, thanks Downfall for joining us. Thanks everybody for joining us tonight. We uh, will try to do a post game show, but like I said, I'll be in New Orleans drunk. We may or may not do a post game show after the Raiders. Saints, miraculously, still in it. Two things. Root against Tom Brady tomorrow night against Baltimore. You wanted to do that anyway. So get Tampa to 3-5. and five, Root for Carolina to beat Atlanta. And then root for some kind of freaking godlike miracle on Sunday that the Saints can somehow 
beat the Raiders and Josh McDaniels. Everybody in three and five in the South, and we will laugh our butts off Monday night on the live stream. So, guys, thanks for joining us. Go to SaintsHappyHour.com, become a patron, and we will see you after the Raiders game.